welcome, welcome everyone. Welcome back to another episode here on the Pace Place podcast. And today is Motivational Mondays. And so this morning, I want to motivate you guys with, I feel like, <laughs> one of the greatest scriptures, okay? In the Bible, um, it's funny because I think like all the scriptures are great. Because it's God's word and it just, it really is great. Um, and so today I want to come from John chapter 8, verses 56 to 58. And I like these verses because one, it's motivating. Two, it's encouraging. And three, it reiterates what was already said in the Old Testament um, in the days of Moses and just how God was really showing himself to Moses and the things that some of the things that he said to Moses is just being reiterated here by Jesus. And it's so encouraging and it always uplifts me in my soul um, because we can see here that our Lord and Savior has been there since the beginning of time. And with knowing that, that means that he knows all things. He is all things. All things were created for him and by him. And he is our all in all. And so when we really think about that, how encouraging is that to know that our Lord and Savior has come as an actual physical human being person, a man, to know our feelings, to know our emotions, to know exactly what it feels like to live in this fleshly body. So who better else is there to be the intercessor for us? And so I absolutely love this. And so let's get right into it. I'm gonna go ahead and read the scripture. And so it's John chapter eight, verse 56 to 58. And it reads, your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day and he saw it and was glad. Then said the Jews unto him, thou art not yet 50 years old. And hast thou seen Abraham? Jesus said unto them, Barely, barely, I say unto you, before Abraham was, I am. Okay, so that's it. And I absolutely love this. I, I actually like the whole book of John. I think John is my favorite book um, in the New Testament. And it's just because John just has a way of explaining just what was going on. Okay, he just does such a great job. And it, it just pulls me in every single time. And so I definitely will recommend you guys read the book of John. It's absolutely amazing. And just how he records the accounts of our Lord and Savior throughout his journey with walking with Christ. It's just, it's absolutely amazing. Okay, so let's get right into this encouragement for today. Okay, Jesus starts off um, in the beginning of this chapter by telling them that whoever believes in him will not see death. Okay, and the religious leaders really couldn't wrap their mind around it because they're like, well, Abraham died, the prophets died, and you know what make you so special, you know? <laughs> and so um, they really could not really get around the idea of what Jesus was really telling them in this time. And so he's explaining to them, like, I, I know 
the father. I know the God who you guys call God. I know him. And if I say I didn't know him, I will be lying or I will be a liar, just like you guys are liars. And so he was pretty much insulting them and like putting them in check because these people were ruthless and they had no chill, okay? Every time Jesus came up on the scene, they were right there ready to question him, ready to um, make him prove his uh, credibility, you know, to try to tear him down. They were like trying to stone him with stone. I mean, they was just, they was doing too much, okay? And so when we really think about how easy it is to honor yourself, and I feel like this is what the Pharisees, the Sadducees, and the scribes were kind of into. They're very prideful and they're very boastful within themselves. And so when we look Look at how easy it is to honor yourself. It's really not that difficult, okay? In fact, it can actually be fatally easy for you to fall into that sense of pride or that sense of self-righteousness. And so um, when we really look at just the dynamic that is going on in these scriptures, we can see that the religious leaders are almost in a in a, a self-righteous uh, um, state of mind when it comes to uh, what Jesus is really telling them. And so they they can't really grasp the idea because of the fact that they're holding on to their own righteousness and, and their own pridefulness and, you know, the things that they have going on within themselves. Okay. But one thing here that is just so amazing is that the religious leaders claimed that the father in heaven was their God. Okay. But it was not a true claim, okay? Because in truth, they did not know God, but Jesus did. And they did not know God because God sent the Messiah, his son, to come and to be able to redeem the world, to bring salvation, but they knew him not. So how can you say you know God, but when God is actually standing in front of you, you don't even recognize him. And I find that to be so amazing at the fact that they they had put out this claim and they were like, yeah, we, we know God. You know, we follow all the rules and we do everything that he tells us to do. And, and we are righteous. <laughs> but in fact, they, they were far away from, their hearts were so far away from God that Christ our Lord, our Savior, God in the flesh is actually standing in front of them and they did not even recognize him. They could not even fathom the idea of him being the son of God. And that right there, it's like if Christ was to come, okay, and stand in front of me right now, would I be able to recognize him? Is my heart posture in the right place on my journey to be able to recognize the presence okay of God and that is absolutely amazing so when we really look at take a closer look at the scripture we can see here that Jesus could not lie and deny his true knowledge of God the Father okay and he knew this because of how he demonstrated a life okay of obedience to God's word and that's how we can get into the knowledge of God that's how we can really know who he is what he is what does he have in store for us what what is his place in our life? Who Who is he, you know, as the head of our life? And that's through obedience. It's through 
obeying God's word. And so I find this to be absolutely amazing that right now in this scripture, the Pharisees are like, your father, Abraham, you're not, are you greater than he? And the remarkable claim that Jesus gives them is absolutely amazing. Okay. He said, your father rejoiced to see my day and he saw it and was glad. I'm like, whoa, hold up, Jesus. Okay. So Jesus claimed that not only was he greater than Abraham, but Abraham himself acknowledged this. And so when I really think about it, it makes me think about, well, when did Abraham acknowledge this? Like, is it actually in the Bible? And then it had me going back to Genesis and really trying to, you know, sponsor up some things. And so when I really went back and I studied it, so um, when Abraham took Isaac up to the Mount Moriah to sacrifice him, okay, on the same mountain that Christ will be crucified on later on in the future, okay, it's the same location. And so when he looked back to see the ram that God had provided, who knows what he saw, okay? He, because he's on the same mount, okay? And this is where my brain is kind of going. The scripture does not say this, but it clearly says that he looked back or he he lifted up his eyes and he looked back, okay? And upon looking back in the location that Abraham was in as he was about to sacrifice Isaac, where the ram was caught in the, in the bush, okay? If he would have looked back in that exact location, he could have clearly seen a nice view of Mount Calvary, okay? Because Mount Calvary is the highest point of the mountain that he's on. So if you're at a low point and you're looking up, you're looking, lifting up your eyes and looking back, you can see the highest point of the mountain that you're on. And that's the mountain that he was on, which is the same mountain that Jesus will be crucified on later on in the future. And I find that to be just amazing. And then also when I looked in Genesis chapter 24, verse one, where it says, um, that Abraham was like, well, stricken in age. Let me go read it to get the, I don't want to be misquoting God's word. So Genesis 24, verse one, and it says, and Abraham was old and well stricken in age. And the Lord had blessed Abraham in all things. Okay. So when I really looked at that well-stricken in age, in the Hebrew language, it is actually taken by some of the rabbis to mean that he saw into the distant future. Okay. Because of his faithfulness to God. And I find that to be so amazing. And when I look up the well-stricken, Okay, he was well stricken. The definition, it actually means to go in or to come or to come in. And I was like, oh man, that's so good. So when we really think about this and what Jesus is really proclaiming with this scripture is that Abraham was glad. He saw it and was glad. We don't know exactly at what point did he see it and was glad. We don't really know that because the scripture doesn't really give us any exact details. But if we can use some context clues to kind of, you know, 
decipher exactly what is going on in Genesis, we can kind of come to the conclusion of what point or a, a couple of points where Abraham would have been able to see the Messiah and be glad. Okay. And so I absolutely love that. It's absolutely amazing when we can really read the scripture and it just gives me so much encouragement to just keep pushing. Okay. And so let's keep going. And so now the, the, the Jews are telling Jesus, but you're not even 50 years old. Like who you think you are? And I was just like, y'all so disrespectful. Okay. Like, man. (laughs) So when I really thought about like 50, like why the age 50? And when I searched it, it was because the Levites in this time would retire, um, their service at the age of 50. So in the book of numbers, actually numbers chapter four, verse three, and it says, from 30 years old and upward, even until 50 years old, all that enter into the host to do the work in the tabernacle of the congregation. So at 50 years old, the Levites would retire from their service and allow the other, you know, from 30 years on up to 50 to continue on the service inside of the tabernacle, inside of the temple, you know, with serving the people, doing the sacrifices and things like that. So they're basically saying, you are a young man, okay? You're still in your prime. You ain't even old enough to retire from the service in the temple, let alone no Abraham, <laughs> okay? So I find this to be so amazing and just how Jesus answers them after this, okay? He said, barely, barely I say unto you, okay? Before Abraham was, I am the great I am. Okay. And we all know where the great I am comes from, which is Exodus chapter three, verse 13 and 14, where he was talking to Moses and it reads, and Moses said unto God, behold, when I come unto the children of Israel and shall say unto them, the God of your fathers have sent me unto you and they shall say to me, what is his name? What shall I say unto them? And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. And he said, thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am hath sent me unto you. Okay, so the great I am Jesus proclaims right here in the book of John. And I love it. It's like, it's so dramatic in the phrase that Jesus is really giving that he is the eternal God, okay? Existing not only during the time of Abraham, but before eternity's past, okay? Before there was a foundation of the world, Jesus claims to be the great I am. The voice of the covenant of God of Israel revealed at the burning bush, okay? The pillar by day, the fire by night. Ah, man, the the spirit that hovered over the waters in the beginning, in the book of Genesis. I absolutely love this okay that i am okay is the third time in this chapter jesus uses the phrase i am is this is the third time you know three is 
like God's number, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. I always find the three is the Trinity um, in any reference when it comes to the Bible. And anytime something is mentioned three times consecutively, and then there's no more other mentions of it, it's just one, two, three. I find that to be the Holy Trinity, okay, of God. Okay, and the fact that it is mentioned three times in one book, in one chapter, come on now. Like, how amazing is that? So if we go back a couple of verses up in verse 24, he says, I say therefore unto you that ye shall die in your sins. For if ye believe not that I am he, you shall die, ye shall die in your sins. Okay, like, come on now. And then we go down to verse 28. And Jesus says, Then said Jesus unto them, When ye have lifted up the Son of Man, then shall ye know that I am he. Okay? <laughs> and that I do nothing of myself, but as my Father hath taught me, I speak these things. And then the third time here in what we are reading in our Motivational Mondays for this morning, and Jesus said unto them, Barely, barely, I say unto you, before Abraham was, I am. Okay? Ah, that's amazing. <laughs> That is amazing. So in the using of I am, Jesus clearly is declaring his divinity of being or belonging to the title of Yahweh. And I find that to be so amazing. Okay, I am was recognized by the Jews as a title of deity. And so when he said this, they would have known exactly where it came from. Okay. Because they were well-versed. And I always say this because they were. So everything that Jesus would tell them, they would instantly go back. You know how when somebody says something, it instantly reminds you of a situation or a circumstance that you have been through or something that somebody has said before. That is what's going on time and time and time. In the New Testament, as Jesus is speaking to these Jews, instantly their minds would go back to the Torah. Their minds would go back to the book of the prophets. Every time he would say something that was triggering to scripture that they would had memorized, they knew exactly what he was saying in this moment, proclaiming that I am before Abraham. I am, okay? And that is just absolutely so encouraging, okay? So it, it's so encouraging for me because as I, as I read the scripture, it just goes to show like before Abraham, okay? Before Adam and Eve, before the foundation of the world, the the existence, the eternal existence of our God is there. There's no stronger affirmation of pre-existence that has ever occurred, you know? And so I, I absolutely just love it 
and just how he laid down his divinity to come to save us so that we may live, that we may actually choose life. And in choosing life, it is choosing Christ. And I love the fact that when we really learn how to write believe, just how the right living comes into play, like it goes hand in hand. So if Jesus's claim was not well founded, then his words were openly blasphemous, but they weren't because he is the I am that he is. Okay. He was using the language that only God could use. And I, I absolutely, it's just amazing for me to, to read this and how it makes me feel in the inside. It just lifts my soul to know that he did not leave us dead in our sin. Like it says in verse 24 of this same chapter, I said, therefore unto you that ye shall die in your sin. Okay. For if ye believe not that I am he, ye shall die in your sins that no one can be in right relationship with the father if we don't believe that Christ is the I am. It's amazing. It really is amazing that if we choose not to believe that then we're dead in our sins. But God, but God, he did not see it or see it right or good that we shall die in our sins. He gave us a way back into right relationship. And that was the son. I absolutely love that. It's absolutely amazing. We really could just like think about that. Let's take up like 10 seconds to let that marinate. Hallelujah. God is good. Okay. And so that is it for today. That is my encouragements that I just wanted to share with you guys because it always just lifts my soul when I read scripture and it just correlates back to the Old Testament. It correlates back to Jehovah, you know, Yahweh, all of the names from the Old Testament that the Jews would use to describe the God, okay, that, that they serve and that we serve now to this day and that how we are grafted in, okay? We are grafted in and all we have to do is stay put so that our roots can take root into the true vine, okay? Which is our Lord and Savior, Christ Jesus. Allow the Father to constantly, continuously prune us so that we may bear much fruit, okay? We want to be a fruitful tree. <laughs> we want to be planted by the rivers and just flourish like how God intended his people to flourish and flourishing it means spiritually so yes of course we will flourish physically but it has to come to us spiritually first in order for us to walk into the manifestation of a physical flourish our spirituality has to be in right standing we have to be connected to the father we cannot ever forget our source and just how he walks with us 
how he talks with us, how he knows us. He knows all things, okay? And so it's absolutely amazing when we could just take scripture, break it up, break it down, and just allow it to really marinate in our souls, in our hearts, okay, in our consciousness. And we can elevate to a higher believing, a right believing in Christ Jesus, the truth, the only truth. Okay. So don't be out here letting people get into your head and say, they truth, my truth, his truth. We all got a truth. Only truth there is, is Christ. He is the truth. And so I'm going to go ahead and pray us out. And I will catch you guys here tomorrow for Testimony Tuesday. And I have a special guest for you guys. And it's going to be so amazing. So let's go ahead and pray. Most gracious and heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord God, for your word. We thank you that we can be encouraged through your word, Lord God. And we thank you that you are the I am that you are, Lord God. And we thank you. We thank you that you did not see it fit for us to be dead in our sins, Lord God, but you sent your only begotten son to come down on the cross to die for us, Lord God, to be able to redeem us, Lord God, to so that we may have salvation, Lord God. And we thank you. We thank you for your love and your mercy and your grace, Lord. And as we continue throughout our days, Lord God, we just ask that you just continue to allow your Holy Spirit to rest, rule, and abide in us, Lord God, and allow us to become obedient servants, Lord, to you, to your spirit, to your will, and to your way, Lord God. As we continue forth on this day, Lord God, allow us to be encouraged in your word, Lord God. Allow us to be motivated, Lord God. It is Monday, the beginning of a work week, Lord God. A lot of people are going to work today, Lord God, and we just ask you, Lord, to allow the workspace to be a space of peace, Lord God. Allow the workspace to be a space where we can be uplifted and motivated, Lord God, so that we know that you have our backs, Lord God, that we know that you are our ever-present help, Lord. And no matter what situation or circumstance we may find ourselves in, that you will be there, your spirit will be there because your spirit rests, rules, and abides in us, Lord God, and we in you. And we thank you that you are our God. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. Thank you all for joining me here on the Pace Place podcast. I am your host, Latrell Pace, and I will catch you all later. You guys go out, have a beautiful day, and be awesome people. And remember, God loves you, and God be with you all.